Welcome to Lockbox, a podcast providing real estate professionals with action items for success. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm going to be your host. I'm the founder of two real estate marketing and tech companies, Steezy.Digital and RealNurture.io. In this podcast, you'll learn from top 1% real estate and mortgage brokers the exact secrets to their success. Welcome to Lockbox. Welcome to Lockbox. My name is Jeff Broger, and I am honored to be here today with Tristan Ahumada. Tristan, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. You really need no introduction. I appreciate that too, but... Why don't we tell our listeners who you are and where you're from? Thanks, man. I'm from Malibu, California, real estate agent out here with an amazing real estate team, Los Angeles, Ventura County. I also run the largest real estate online community. It's called Lab Code Agents. Might've heard of it. Yeah, that one's making a little noise here and there, right? And I also have a consulting arm called A Brilliant Tribe. And I'm also the Success Magazine people editor. And I'm also an investor in companies. I mean, you can call me angel investor, VC, whatever you want to call that. And that's me in a wrap. Yes. And a lot of the real estate community mostly knows you for lab coat agents. I mean, you, you talk to any real estate agent that's trying to up-level their business and learn online, and they're definitely a member of lab coat agents. So what amount of realtors are you up to now for lab coat agents? In the Facebook group, we're up to about 136,000. As a Amazing. community online as a whole, we're at about 300,000. Wow, like 300,000 all, all of our social lives impacted. Crazy, right? Dude? On a daily basis. That is one of the most engaged groups I've ever seen as well. It is pretty nuts. It's fun, man. Yeah. It's a fun place. That's awesome. What got you into the real estate industry? So I was in college, about to graduate with a history degree. And I was like, I don't know, I want to be a history teacher, right? Right. I was already married. My wife's like, you know, you're so good at teaching. But history, I'm not sure. My mom said, hey, you know, these real estate agents, they drive really nice cars. And I'm like, damn, they kind of do. So that's how I got into real estate, dude. No joke. That was it. I think that initial attraction to the monetary aspect and the compensation is what gets a lot of people into the industry. Yeah. I mean, it's attractive, right? From the outside in, right? Right. So that, that was fun as most opportunities are. And then you realize how much work it takes to actually accomplish the sales to get that car. And uh, it's a different story. Dude, that's very true. My my license took a long time to get in. So I got to sit in the brokerage that I jumped in first. And I was sitting there for like hours at a time because I was in college. And then I was doing this, like I was preparing. So I was listening to, at the time, VHS tapes, right? I was reading there in the office, seeing all the agents do what they did. And that really got me into the groove. So literally, as soon as I got my real estate license, I was door knocking that day, like six hours done that day. So I was fully prepared, fully ready to go. And it was fun. I love that. And through that process, you were able to then build a career as a real estate salesperson. So what was the single most important action that you took every day that attributed most to your success during that time? You know, it's still the same now. It's the fact 
that even though I overthink things, because I think we all have a tendency to overthink something. Welcome to the club. Yep. Uh, I think that I had 1% more saying, but if you don't, you're not going to get to where you want to get to. Mm. And that's what always pushes me. Like, like, yeah, I didn't have to door knock six hours. I didn't even have to door knock, but I did it anyway. And I didn't have to bring a flyer with me, right? But I did it anyway. I didn't have to prepare the script, but I learned it, right? And I didn't have to dress up, suit, tie, nice shoes, door knocking for six hours my first day. But I did, right? And I think we overthink it. And I think the thing is, over the weekend, I was watching Iron Man, re-watching Iron Man, by the way. Highly recommend re-watching it. And he said, you know, sometimes you've got to run before you walk. Mm. And I thought, damn, I'm glad my daughter was watching this with me because that is so true. Like if I didn't just dive into this business and not overthink, well, what happens after I door knock? What are they going to say? What do I do after? Then that would just, I would have just paused and would have been like, well, uh, maybe I shouldn't. But I went ahead and did it. And I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I just dove in. That's really the secret, man. I love that you were able to escape and overcome analysis paralysis by just getting into massive action right away. That's right, dude. Tony Stark knew what he was talking about. Love that. Love that. <laughs> so <laughs> right now, you still have an active real estate team, as you mentioned. Right? I do, man. Excited about so, that. So what's the percentage of referral business to new business for you? Our referral business is about 15% of all of our business, Wow, which is really good because People know like I cover a certain area and the more that I've focused online saying that I live and cover Malibu, the more that those leads come my way. So as soon as anybody posts, does anybody know an agent in Malibu? (laughs) There aren't a lot of agents here in the first of all, but everybody tags me. And the important thing is that the ROI on that is insane because the average price point is 4 million. And the referral check that goes out is insane too. So um, yeah, I think I consciously switched it from LA Ventura County to saying just Malibu about a year and a half ago. Mm. And that- Hyper-local. Hyper-local dude, much, much, much better. Because nobody knows what LA Ventura County means. Usually you get a referral, like you're in Huntington, right? Yep. Usually we would get a referral that says, hey, somebody wants to move to Century City or somebody wants to move to Culver City or Santa Monica or Pacific Palisades, but nobody says LA. And that was the challenge. So that's why I just said, you know what, screw it. We're going all in in Malibu, Malibu. I love that. I love your massive inbound online new business because so many other agents are relying almost exclusively on referrals. And they haven't really adopted that inbound strategy, the digital marketing, and obviously growing a massive Facebook group, partnering with tons of companies, you know, acquiring certain companies as an investor. I mean, you're all about, you know, the lead gen and creating new opportunities consistently. But just that one little tip you dropped about hyperlocal, it's so key. And I have I have something to run by you at the end of this, but dude, to keep it, it on to keep it on topic, do you have any systems in place? to oh, generate more referrals from uh, you know, your past clients? 
Yeah, from our past clients, yeah, we do. We have a lot of automation that goes into play. As soon as somebody becomes a past client, we dump them into a system that we have. Well, not only do we use Ylopo's retargeting, right, mm-hmm. for our specific past clients, but we also have a drip campaign through Agent Legend. So as Got soon it. as somebody becomes a past client, that drip starts. They get a voicemail drop. A minute later, they get a text and send saying, hey, just left you a voicemail because it comes from a different number. Just left you a voicemail number from my other work number. Uh, by the way, if you need anything, we're here to let here to help you out. And then it sequences through. And then a year in, like we're always giving value, right? Always value, always value. We have a plumber. We have an electrician. Check out this great article. Yeah, we pre-chose these articles, put them in a bit.ly link. And then a year in, Day 365, 364, whatever that is, they get a text at 9 a.m. because Agent Legend lets you pick what time they go out. 9 a.m. It says, hey, I'm going to be like uh, with you. Hey, Jeff, right? Or hey, Jeffrey, guess what? And a minute later, right, if you don't respond or if you do respond, regardless, it still happens. It says, a year ago today, you purchased your home. Happy anniversary!" And that's automated. So that's part of the sequence that we have for automation. We also have a VA marketing person that handles our whole newsletter for our whole team. So each of our team members has their own database. We built out the newsletter, same content for everybody, just different heading, right? That goes out every Thursday morning to our whole database and um, just little things like that, dude. I love it. And just to give the listeners perspective, what was your transaction volume last year for your team? Um, we had combined, because I have separate teams. So first, let me disclose something. I'm with Keller, but my team is spread out among Douglas Element, EXP, Remax, Compass. Did I say Compass already? No. Not yet. No. All right, Compass. And we had a Century 21 and a Homes, a home smart agent. And I think that's it. So between all the teams, we had 140 million. Just my Keller Williams team, we had 42 million in volume. So good mix, good mix. Yeah, good mix. And 85% of that's coming from inbound online lead new business in in some way, shape or form. Yeah, correct. You got it, man. That's awesome. That's yeah. a high transaction volume and to have so much of it coming from from new. So just for any of my my uh, up and coming agents out there, you know, there is a huge opportunity online. And, you know, Tristan <laughs> is a, a massive testimony to that. So where do you think the industry is heading? I mean, dude, Tesla, that is a solid, solid question. Yeah. I love that question. I want to have your insight on that. You so know, you... I know where it's heading, first of all because I I break it down. I look at all the news, talk to all the players at the highest level, like executive CEOs. And I think that some, I'm gonna just give you a disclosure. I think that some companies at the highest level don't even know where they're going, which is nuts, right? Nuts. But then there are some that do, which is kind of cool to see. They have an outline. They think they have the right direction. But first, let me premise it by saying, Take a look at Zillow. Take a look at their financials, right? Take a look at where what they've bought over the last few years, right? Take a look at how much money they get from premier agent alone, a billionaire. Take a look at what Compass owns because they just went public. We were able to see their S1, right? Take a look at that. 
take a look at EXP and what they own, right? And how they're using Verbella, how they just bought Success Magazine. Take a look at Redfin and what their plan is now that they bought RentPath. Take a look at CoStar. They just picked up HomeSnap and they just picked up Homes.com or are picking them up, right? Mm -hmm. As of last week, they announced it. You look at that and you begin to understand where the world is heading, right? What's next? Well, in order to compete with the Zillows, the CoStars, the Redfins, these companies like EXP, Compass, and I mean, look at how Keller Williams is structured now, all under KWX. Are they going public? If they do, holy crap. <laughs> becomes That's already the number one company, right? Mm-hmm. What's their valuation going to be? And more importantly, what are they going to do with the billions of dollars they're going to have? What tech are they going to buy? Because that would be the only reason they go public, to be able to compete fully in the world that we're heading into against the Zillows, against the CoStars, against the Redfins, right? Even against Compass. So the world that we're heading into, right, all of a sudden is, is going to be more corporate, which is kind of cool. At the same time, it's kind of scary. You're heading into a world where everybody's saying, well, what about commission compression? Yeah, that's obvious, obviously. Zillow, CoStar, Open Door, everybody wants a piece of our commission. Everybody wants a piece. And their narrative is, well, you know, real estate's kind of messy, right? We're making it simpler for you. We got you from the very beginning when you're thinking of renting to all the way when you close. We got this for you. And we'll, we'll help you pick the right agent. And then when they send it to us, we got to give them 30, 40, 50%, right? Because we can and they can. And so you see where that world is heading. The only way we're going to be able to compete twofold because we rely on brokerages is if our brokerages start picking up some tech that allows us to compete, that tech needs to go direct to consumer. It can't just be focused on agents, right? That's where we've been losing the battle the whole time. A lot of the tech out there that brokerages have and NAR, like NAR does a great job lobbying for us, but not so much in other places, right? Where it can bring the whole world of real estate agents together to have a national MLS, dude, that's consumer centric. Right. So the world that we're heading into is going to be more consumer centric. You're going to have more commission compression. You're going to have finally the brokerages out there that are going to survive and that are going to grow. Those are going to go public. They're going to buy tech that finally helps us and works with us. And they're finally going to compete against Zillow, against CoStar against Redfin. It took them long enough, but now they're helping. And then the last thing is you're going to have these massive mega teams, like massive, like you've never seen before. And then you're going to have the specialists, those agents that focus in a specific area. Like, are you familiar? You're in California. Um, There's a guy in my area called Chris Cortazzo. I don't know if you know Chris, but he's a specialist and there's like nobody can beat him out here. He does such a great job and he's such a nice guy too. And he owns a massive, he owns a massive market share. And so people like that aren't going to die out, right? Those two types, but the agent in the middle is going to get less and less transactions, right? And all of a sudden the broker, the broker itself with these hundred percent brokerages, less in splits, 
right? They're going to have to start looking at ancillary items to bring in insurance, title, mortgage, more of that, because they're having to take pieces of that to be able to make more money. And so the world we're heading into is going to be faster. We're going to have a lot more tech to use, but guess what, dude, at the end, it's all about relationships, like all of this stuff, everything, the people who focus on creating and maintaining these relationships, that's who always wins. Always. A hundred percent. This is a relationship business. It always will be. And I always relate it to luxury on the luxury side of real estate. Like the people who have the money, they don't usually go around and trying to find any agent to work with. It has to be usually somebody that's trusted, somebody that they can rely on based on what they see online or referred to them by somebody they know. Right. And when they finally talk to this agent, they do two things. They dump everything on you. Here it is. You do it because I don't have time for this crap. Right. So that means they have to trust you fully. Right. Here it is. And number two, they don't ask for your commission because they know how important it is to find somebody that they trust at the highest level possible. Right. So You're going to have those people in the low end, maybe middle, who are always going to cut commission, who are always going to be okay going for volume, giving half of it to Zillow, some of it to Redfin or whoever. And the other ones who say, hey, this is my value. I'm Nordstrom. I'm the Apple store. We don't give discounts, but damn, we give the most amazing service. And here's our track record. And we're in it for life with you and in this business. And that's what the future is. I love that. Very comprehensive answer. And you can already see it shaping up into what you're describing. You see the mega teams, 200 agents, 400 agents, and growing. And you see the specialists, team of three producing high volume. And you see it. But you're right. The in-between is what is being diluted and lost. And you and I both know 80, 90% of realtors out there are underperforming, three transactions or less per year side thing when you know yeah. when the economy takes a turn they're gone and so i think more and more with the transparency online consumers will seek out those that are in this for life they're showing consistent transactions they're showing that they're an authority they can be trusted in the, in the community and uh, you know i love what you said about your hyper local approach and that you live in malibu and then everything you post online is there and then everything you just are a part of that community which it's key man. a company can't replicate that no, and billion, on that dollar corporation, go ahead. Exactly. Just on a side note that has to do with this recently, what I started saying recently was like, as Zillow transitioned fully into a brokerage, right? And they're, they're hitting up every state and becoming a broker. It just makes it more apparent to me to be able to really see here the redundancy, I guess that's the nicest word I could use, of real estate agents posting their reviews to Zillow and not to Google or their own domain. Because dude, do you go and say to your clients, Hey client, thanks for the amazing transaction. We loved it. We hope you loved it. Can you do me a favor and review me in the Cobalt Banker site? Here it is. Or can you review me in the Century 21 site? It's amazing. Here it is. Never. Right? I think people need to start looking at Zillow this way. Stop it. Stop asking to get reviews on a broker who's coming out for you. Go to Google. 
or your yes. own domain, right? I just wanted to make that super clear so that you understand what you're doing. But people are like, but Tristan, I pay for Zillow leads. That's cool. Use them. Use them. Just know the outcome. They're using you too. There is a there is an end game to what they're doing. As long as you're aware of that, cool. But stop it with having that as a priority of where you get reviews. It right. should be your own domain or Google. That's it. I agree 100%. And okay. when you build up those reviews on services like Google, it becomes so much more advantageous for multiple different reasons. But as a media buyer, Google just came out with LSA, right? Local services yeah. for real estate. And there's pretty much no reason to do it unless you have over 50 reviews because you won't rank. But it's an incredible True. new lead generation tool that if you don't have that track record, it's harder to get into. But the agents that have been investing in getting reviews in the right spots have immediately benefited from it when they flicked it on because now they have all this social proof, not only when people just search in best agent in Malibu, but if you actually then pay Google for that LSA lead, you're put right at the top with like two or three other agents with five-star reviews, 300 reviews, and they look at your photo and right there, I've heard that the calls from those are like, come list me now. The, they are, the calls man. are incredible. Yeah. So they are great. Well, take a look at, take a look at the reasoning for that. It, there's a funnel, right? This is what I always teach here. You've got a funnel and at the very top, typically you've got Facebook lead ads, Facebook ads, Instagram, typically. Okay. Some Facebook lead ads are amazing and they close like that. Right. And, but the, in general, you've got Facebook lead ads at the top because the intent is so low as you're scrolling through you, let's just, just put you Jeff, as you're scrolling through social, you're scrolling through Instagram and you're like, Oh, 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 cool house. Nice. Oh, it's got a nice pool. Click. You see the pool. I get your info, but there's no real intent in actually wanting to buy a house. You were just scrolling. And in some cases you're like, Oh yeah, I have been looking for a house there. Click. Right. Mm -hmm. Very low intent. Middle of funnel. That's the top of the funnel. Middle of funnel is Google because check out my intent. Now I go onto Google and I search for Malibu homes for sale around Pepperdine university under a million enter. That is a shit ton of intent, intent, right? A ton that's middle. Now you have lower, right? Here at the very bottom, you've got realtor.com and Zillow, right? Just know that they're trying to come after you, but it's okay if you use them, right? They mm -hmm. produce great quality leads because people go to those portals when they're ready. They're like, okay, I'm finally ready, right? Let's go. I know that Zillow is very specific for home search. So I go there. Right. And then the other part is Google in this sense, real estate agent in Malibu, California, enter. Now it's like extremely specific. I'm ready. I need an agent. And that's right. where LSA comes in. So that's the funnel right there. Love how you describe that. And for anyone out there who needs those services, Steezy Digital, my agency offers all of them. There you go, <laughs> dude. You teed it up. Yeah. I didn't right. even have to explain it. Easy, man. You, ex you explained it perfectly. Use the funnel. About just use the funnel. Talking about lead generation sources, what's been your most profitable other than referrals, of course? It's been Google PPC in niche areas though. Okay. Like people typically tend to go to like Ventura County or 
let's say Westlake Village or Malibu, those are cool, but it's the keywords that go in there that pertain to specific tracks or areas that really get us the better quality results. Like once we start breaking it down into Broad Beach, into mm. Troncas Canyon, into Point Doom, into Carbon Beach, yep. into all of that, that's where the money is. Because now, now you go back to that middle of the funnel where I said people have an intent, right? The more they type into that search, the more they've thought about it, right? So it's the same way. You're just reverse, reverse engineering the whole process. Yes. And once again, hyperlocal, when people are typing in suburbs or neighborhoods, little areas like down in San Diego, like Encinitas Ranch, that term is so much better than Encinitas or Carlsbad, you know, and then you go then like so much deeper. So I love that. And Google PPC, that's interesting. I haven't heard that one yet, but obviously you or someone that you have doing it is doing it right. So well, also, I mean, think about this. I, I go with Ylopo. That's who runs most of my Google PPC. Shout but out Ylopo. They have a great algorithm that has like 100,000 keywords instead of your typical 500 keywords per ad, which is a mm-hmm. massive difference, dude. Massive. Right. But here's the thing. With those, with the PPC, you also have to think, mine's about $10 a lead, right? But you also look at what's my average price point, Right. So it's like totally unfair. My ROI, yeah, I can't be like, well, my ROI is amazing. Well, of course it is, right? My average price point is $4 million. Right. Like our last PPC closing, well, not our last, last, last one, but in January, $10.5 million off of a $10 PPC. It's like, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't calculate, right? Cannot, <laughs> right. cannot compute. You can't even calculate ROI yeah. on it, yeah. So it, that's why I'm like, I can't tell you my ROI. I can, I can show you my ROI, but it won't make sense because everyone lives in a different world outside of these ultra, ultra luxury areas. So you have to be very specific as to where you want to dive into and where you want to go into. But for us, damn, it is money, bro. It literally that. is money. It literally is money. Literally. So when you then gain the listing, how are you leveraging digital marketing to gain exposure for the listings and, and generate new leads? So dude, that, that's a good question that we're still working on. Okay. We've tried different things in the past where, you know, we do your typical videos, you do the ads, you push them in, put them up, small clips into Instagram, some into YouTube, Facebook, all that good stuff. But we're actually in the process of scratching all that crap off and saying, screw it. We're going to try something completely different and we're going to go deeper. It's all on this hyper local thing. So this is okay. what we did. I actually just outlined it over the weekend and I got the crew. So I'm going to tell you a story. It all started when somebody in our office, in our Keller Williams Westlake village office, which is 15 minutes from Malibu came in and said, Hey man, to my assistant, your, your team's doing great. I hear all about you guys. I would love to join the team. And I'm like, all right, let me talk to him. So talk to this guy. And we're talking five minutes in. I'm like, I, I really like this guy. He's a really humble, great dude. And he's telling me, check out his story. When I was 14, I was the first person to ever use a drone to film in the movies, right? I'm like, what? That's cool right? 14. Yeah. He's like, I was one of the first ones to, to use it fully. And it was for transformers. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. That's interesting. 
And so he keeps on talking and he goes, by the way, I just finished working. I no longer work there, but I worked on the Mandalorian, right? I was the one that was flying that I'm like, what, who are you? Right. Yeah. And so we start talking more and this guy's like insane in the amount of knowledge he has when it comes to photography, video and drone. So I'm like, okay, you're in. Like after an hour, I'm like, yeah. hey, welcome to the team, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So now fast forward to now, because I we just we just hired him very recently. And we just outlined with him and with our other business partner, we're like, okay, look, we finally have everything. And this is the vision. I want to start in one end of Malibu and go to the other side. It's it's a long, it's far, 26 miles, about maybe a little bit more, 27 miles. Malibu is super long, dude. Like you literally pass like five, six cities on the other side of the freeway and Malibu is still going, right? So we're going to start in an area called Malibu Rock. If you watch Iron Man, it's on there. <laughs> Only because I just watched it, Jeffrey. Anna. I just told you that. Malibu Rock. We're going to do the sand dunes where One Direction filmed their video. You can take a look at who they are, where it is. And then we're going to hit up, I think it's called like Thornhill Broom Beach. And then the mobile home parking there, all that area. And we're going to break Malibu down into a hundred different shoots. Wow. And we're going to go in deep because now we have the crew, right? His people. And then my other guy and me, and we all know people in Malibu that have listings like Pierce Brosnan's homes for sale for a hundred million. Well, we're going to go in and show you, but not just that. We're going to go deep into the beaches, into the hiking trails, into what to do, where to surf, because I'm going to jump on a surfboard a few times, where to go in and do shit, because nobody knows. And everybody wants to know about Malibu all across the world. And that's what we're doing now. We're doing something else. So I got to talk to D-Rock last week because I hired him. I'm like, hey, D-Rock, I need your help. He was a referral from another friend. Okay. So I hit up D-Rock and we sit down. He goes, okay, good plan. I want you to do this though. You've got this full length video now that you're going to do. I don't know if it's going to be five minutes or 15 minutes, whatever. So he goes, this is what you're going to do with your video. You're going to then break it down with all the B-roll you've got and everything you've got. And you're going to put in a few TikTok videos you're going to make off of this. You're going to make Instagram videos. You're going to make stories. You're going to put in the feed. You're going to do IGTV. You're going to do minis on shorts for shorts on YouTube, right? And you're going to create a whole new brand under Tristan and Associates. And then with one shot, because every Friday from this time to this time, you're going to be shooting every Friday for the rest of your life, four hours a day in Malibu. And you're going to outline where everybody meets. And then the next week, and then the next week, and then the next week. But this multiplies on itself, especially because you're breaking it down into small, small pieces. That's how we then take our listings and showcase them everywhere. Because now we're making a show. Got it. And would this be broken down as you said, a hundred different shoots? So is this one YouTube channel or one, is one this... YouTube channel? But we're making a website on it too. We already bought it. It's called You, Me, and the Boo. Got it. So you, me, and the boo be shot by us and we're breaking it down into these pieces to be able just to, to showcase where we live, what we do, where we eat, how we hang, the houses, everything, everything you can imagine about Malibu. And in between, because we know a lot of people here, 
we'll probably right. catch a few people that we talk to, right? That people want to know. Absolutely. And yeah. that is very smart. I studied a YouTube strategy about, you know, for example, living in Huntington Beach. And it's a smaller scale version of, of what you're, ex you're expressing. You know, for anyone out there that doesn't have a full-time video crew and they might be listening to this and they're very interested, it attracts buyers, out-of-state buyers, out-of-area buyers by them being very intrigued on what to do in this area and then tying a lot of value in you as the influencer and the person. And you just happen yeah. to be a realtor, right? That's right, dude. That's the key. Yeah. That really so, is the key, man. I think the one thing I can tell you that's going to allow us to succeed so other people can duplicate this is getting the video guy and the video crew to do this once a week, right? right. Like you're going to say, hey guys, guess what? You're showing up this day for the rest of your life or until I run out of money, right? <laughs> One of the two. <laughs> Whichever uh, comes first. Yeah. Hopefully you don't run out of money but because <laughs> this is working, right? So every Friday from 9 to 12 or from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Every Friday, forever. They're either going to show up to your office and shoot a few videos or they're going to show up at a spot in your neighborhood, your area, right? And then you're going to shoot content. You're going to be like, good, here I am, done, great, please edit it. If you don't have an editing team, get a VA because there's a lot of VAs at the virtual assistant that can edit like super professional, right? Yep. So that's really the plan, man. And, and I would tell people, because I've told them before, if you can't afford a video guy, I'm pretty sure there are maybe three or four other agents in your office who have always wanted to shoot video like this. Mm. And if you can get them together, and then where there's four of you or five of you, where you can hire one video guy, that's full time for this video guy. And that's split amongst four or five of you. Now he has business every day and it's not gonna cost you an arm and a leg, right? And it's consistency. It's gonna force you to show up or you're gonna throw your money in the trash. It's all about consistency. And I'm curious, after giving that amazing nugget and tip, what are some bad recommendations that you hear given to real estate professionals? When they specifically tell you that one thing is going to work and not mm. to try anything else, I think the one thing that we continually see is there's an older generation of agents and not necessarily all of them because there are some amazing ones, right? But some older generation agents that say you should cold call only, right? And this is, right. these are the scripts you should use. And the scripts are like from like the 1700s, right? Thou shalt list with me like that. I'm like, no, that's the wrong way to talk. So I think number one is that just listening to, to those people saying, hey, this is the only way you should do it. This is the only way you should go. That's tough, man, because the world that we live in, it's a combination of the old world and the new world, right? The old stuff still works. You just have to tweak it a little bit. And then when you add stuff like remarketing and you add stuff like Facebook lead ads and you add stuff like automation to everything that you've been doing, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, it works at a completely different level. Right. Right. So I think when somebody that is telling you, hey, you should only do this and this is the only way to succeed, that's when your little spidey senses should flash and be like, yo, no, that's not. Tristan said, no, that's not right. Because there's so many ways to succeed in this business, man. There really is. And 
things that work for certain personality types won't work for others and vice versa. So when you are evaluating something, whether it's a new company as an angel investor or whether it is a new sexy lead generation, oh, squirrel, like here's a new thing, right? I think that a lot of realtors suffer from and are bombarded with so many offers that they're like, oh, this, oh, that. What's your process for evaluating what to say no to? I usually look at the team. The team that's running it, that's really important for me. Mm. Just, do they have chemistry? Do they have the, the resilience to be able to, to make it through all the crap that they're going to possibly go through? Because this isn't easy, right? And if possible, if possible, not always, but do they have any experience in what they're doing, right? Or, mm. or how passionate are they? Like I didn't have any experience in doing a Facebook group, right? And I had a whole mess load of ups and downs and a lot of downs, right? Because you get attacked a lot. So if it wasn't for my resilience and my passion, then there's no way I would be here right now. And it takes a lot. The resilience and the passion, all it's a combination of every who you surround yourself with, right? So that's why I said, let me see your team, right? Let me see who you're hanging with and how passionate are you about this? Is this the only thing that you're doing? like this level, I don't mind if you have like a part-time thing, but is this like your love, right? That's what I look at. Honestly, that's the very first thing I look at. That's awesome. It's so much more culture fit or, you know, whether this is your big why, whether this is your mission and focusing on those aspects rather than let me see your pro forma or your, (laughs) yeah, dude, the performa. look, the performa is cool and all, but too many people focus on that. And that yeah. tells me nothing. Like, are you really in it for the long haul? How do you really feel about this? I can tell you because we get hit up probably like three times a week, a new company, new idea or startup or whatever, old company coming in, they need help. And so I get to see it all. Mm-hmm. And it always comes down to that passion, dude. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the damn passion. Right. So you look for those characteristics and others. Yeah. Makes sense. And you alluded a little bit to some failures that you experienced along the way. So do you have a a favorite failure of yours? Oh, dude, there's a whole bunch. (laughs) I I continually fail. My favorite failure, I don't know it was a a failure, but it hit me pretty hard. And it was, you can Google it. It's one accusation that came Mm -hmm. to to me and to Nick, who's my co-founder of Lab Code Agents where we were accused of verbally talking smack about women on a bus heading to an Inman award ceremony. And so it wasn't me and it wasn't him. It was the person that was sitting next to us talking about the stuff he was talking about. And even then it was taken out of proportion, but what makes better news, right? So um, that was a whole massive learning curve for me on handling, handling, I guess fame in a way for our world, right? Real estate. Cause that article had over a million views in like a short little time. Right. And all of a sudden lab code agents was in your face and um, they didn't know if you didn't know who lab code agents was, well, now you knew who they were. Right? And then you had to decide, do you like them or do you not like them? Right. Off of something that was fake. And so that, It tested my resolve. This is why I go back to passion because we were being attacked then at that point saying, hey, Tristan, you should just 
dump lab coat agents or go to hell. You should die. Pretty bad stuff, dude. Right. And, and I was like, but I didn't do anything, but nobody wants to listen to what you didn't do. Right. So I had to learn to shut all that shit out. Know that what I was doing was right. Cause it was, I didn't do anything and continually prove myself through the example I was setting. So what happened is I tripled down on showing people the type of person I was, right? And also tripled down on the leadership that I needed to show people, hey, look, everything is wrong. The cool thing is we did have people stand up, like Facebook's like, you know what, we're backing them. Awesome. And you had other people, like I literally straight out got fired from Keller Williams and I'm still with Keller. I got fired for that. Wow. Which was nuts, right? And I lost a relationship that I had with Realtor.com because of it. But um, dude, I'm super passionate about helping people. People could throw tomatoes at me all day and I'm still coming back tomorrow. I love that. And that is something that you addressed at LabCode Agents Live, the, the conference that I attended where we met. Yeah, dude, that's it. Man, yeah. it, was, it was pretty devastating to the family. But you know what? If I had to do it over again, we learned so much from that. It was like... Remember how I told you at the beginning, Tony Stark says, sometimes you got to run, right, in order to walk. Well, Dan, we got thrown into a whole new world there. I had to learn how to swim. Like I was dying. Yeah. So it was no. good. Yeah, absolutely. And really appreciate you sharing that, you know, your, your vulnerability, your ability to express that it heavily impacted you. However, you have the resilience to get through it and triple down on your character. You know, you have the utmost respect for me. And uh, I really appreciate you being on today. So is Thanks, there a man. question that I should have asked you or anything that you'd like to elaborate on from earlier? Oh, you know, there's one question that we get asked sometimes is what's next for lab coats, right? Because okay. we do get to see like all the tech out there. Like, well, right. what are you doing with all that knowledge? I'm like, well, hold on just a sec. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to continue to do lab coat agents as a group on Facebook. I don't think that's Facebook's not dying anytime soon. It's the third most visited website in the world with 25 billion monthly visitors. It's insane. But we, what we are doing is we're creating a premium community outside of Facebook. Less noise, more curated content, not something mm. expensive, like dude, just a few dollars. Because remember, we're in the Netflix world, but its own app, Android, iPhone, iPad, and website. So that's what we're building right now. It should be ready by June, about a month and a half. Amazing. And I know for myself, I'm a premium subscription kind of guy. I like to cut out the noise. I like to right. get with the people who are invested enough to at least just put a credit card on file and become a part of the community. <laughs> so that's yeah. it, dude. That's it. Yeah, it's simple. And I love that. You already offer so much value in LabCut agents, but with 130,000 people commenting, posting, you know, it, it is a lot of noise. So it's I, I, noisy. It gets it's noisy. noisy. Awesome. Well, <laughs> how can listeners contact you if they're interested? Go to Instagram. It's my name, Tristan.Omada. And you can message me there. Any questions you have, I'll answer them back and then follow me on Instagram. Of course. Tristan.Omada, thank you so much for being on. You're not only the leader of multiple real estate teams, angel investor, and you have so many things going on. I really appreciate you taking this hour to just spend some time with us, drop some knowledge. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. 
you want to accomplish your real estate goals, then I highly suggest downloading my free Ultimate Real Estate Goal Setting Framework. The link is in the description of the show and it will help you break down your annual income goal into the amount of phone calls, appointments, or open houses you need in order to achieve that goal. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.